it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company. I'm Vaughan Benison. This week, an eye to the future of employment. We speak with Project Manager Nicole Willing and Project Officer Renee Solomon. Nicole, we'll start with you. We did put out a call on New Horizons a few weeks ago for people interested in internships as part of the Eye to the Future program. My understanding is that you had a significant response. Talk about that. Yeah, thanks, Vaughan. Um, it's a bit of an unknown territory that we were we found ourselves in as a project team. But anyway, the, the call went out and, and we've been unbelievably surprised and delighted to receive about 45 applications so far. So the Eye to the Future project you know, it has a real focus on uh, breaking down the stigma attached with employing someone who is blind or vision impaired. And so the idea behind it is that we are able to place people who are blind or vision impaired in paid internships, and they can be short, medium or long term. So short term being three months, medium being six to nine and long term being 12 months. Um, paid internships where they can gain um, really essential skills and experience that they can then use to go on uh, to seek other job opportunities into their future. Renate, let's go to you. You're one of the project officers with the project. You're working with uh, a number of prospective interns. What does that mean? What, what does your workday look like when you're working with these people? Uh, well, as a project officer, we, we like to call ourselves mentors and there's really, there's two sides to that coin. So one side is the candidates and um, unlike other service providers, we spend a lot of time getting to know the person um, on a personal level, what they would like to do and what their skill sets are, um, what their experiences are and what sort of uh, position they'd like to find themselves in and what sort of space they'd like to work in. Um, but on the, the other side of that is also working with organisations. So we sort of consider ourselves a link between the candidate and the organisation. So working with the organisations is really important because the employer may not have previously uh, employed somebody that was blind or vision impaired and not really understand that space and what it looks like and what you can and can't do and what you can and can't say. So we basically sit ourselves in the middle and can provide some information to employers around funding um, and accessibility, assistive technology, and on the other side also work with the candidates um, to help bridge that gap between the employee and the employer. So it sounds to me that uh, the approach you're taking is very much the similar approach to what a disability employment service provider would provide. Does this make BCA an employment service provider or is there some other mechanism by which all of this happens? We're certainly not a um, disability employment provider at all and I think probably the main difference between that is how much we customise our service to our stakeholders being the organisations and the candidates. There's also no fee for service which um, sadly is something that's been introduced um, into a lot of the disability employment services which is you know one thing that does make an eye to the future stand out from others. We don't charge for service. Whilst our aim is to get people that are blind or vision impaired into employment, 
the overarching and bigger picture is that we want to break down those stigmas so that moving forward, people that are blind or vision impaired don't have the barriers that they're already facing. Like Renee just said, for us as project team uh, members, it's about breaking down the stigma. It's really important to us that we're taking a person-centred approach to these um, role placements when we're working with the interns and the employers so that we're making sure that the people that we're placing in certain roles are a really good fit. And that fit is not just their skills, their experience, but also a cultural fit and a good fit for their values as well. Uh, and for us, we're hoping that that then becomes a very positive experience that goes on to help that intern gain new skills and insights and experiences that they can take with them into the future. So I think there's some real points of difference between the DES providers and what the, the Art of the Future project are actually doing. We are certainly not just ticking boxes. Um, uh, we, we have a real point of difference in, in how we're approaching this service towards the people that we're working with. And, you know, for now, we are a short-term project. We're due to uh, keep running until October this year. It's our intention to make as big an impact as we can while we're here. Um, to try and really support the interns that we're working with in the hope that it makes a big difference in their future. How important is an internship to the career development of somebody who's blind or vision impaired, perhaps particularly either somebody who's just come out of school or university or somebody who's looking for a career change? Look, I think the internships are, are an absolutely brilliant concept on so many levels because for the intern themselves, they um, get to go into an organisation um, with a really clean slate. Uh, they get to absorb all those experiences and those skills and those new ideas coming to them, whether they be entry level or whether they be somebody actually looking to um, change careers. And we, we have that whole range of people in that internship group as well. Um, and also for the employer, um, you know, they are uh, bringing in someone who's blind or vision impaired into their organisation, um, that has really uh, obvious benefits for the whole organisation when they you know, talk about um, diversity in the workplace and the learnings for all of the people working in that workplace, not just you know the intern themselves. So I think there's really clear benefits. They're not long-term employment. And I guess it just provides a great level of flexibility um, new learnings for everybody on both sides of the table um, and hopefully we're, we're hopeful that it will also lead to long-term job opportunities at the end of it. How likely is that do you think generally speaking how many interns uh, do get employed in an ongoing relationship with an organisation? Well, this is, you know, uncharted waters for us, Vaughan, really, in many respects. And so I don't have the answers to that question. But some of the businesses that we're talking about are already saying to us that they are hopeful that after the internship that there is ongoing opportunities to keep these people in employment. Certainly many of them are looking at sort of the mid to longer term internships, so six, nine or 12 month internships. Uh, but like I said, we do have some that are hopeful of maintaining that employment into the future. And certainly that's something that we would be actively encouraging, um, you know, for, for an opportunity for an intern to have that. Renee, in your experience as a project officer, um, and admittedly you've only been doing this for a month or so uh, since the, the uh, call for the internships closed, what sort of careers are people looking for? Um, well, I'm, I'm actually really excited to say that we've got a real uh, mixed bag. So 
Um, the diversity of our of our candidates is probably, uh, you know, a massive element to the success of the project. Um, I've got everything from. Um, you know, somebody that's doing their law degree, that's never been in the workforce, uh, right through to a woman that hasn't worked in the last 15 years because she's been raising her children. So it's really no different to, um, you know, in the public sector, anybody that's looking for work. I've got a real mixed bag, um, different age groups, different experiences, different skill sets, and I think that's incredibly important um, given what we're tr trying to achieve, that we have opportunities that are coming our way um, that require, uh, you know, that diversity. So um, we certainly need to have uh, have that diversity reflected in the candidates as well. Nicole, you've got uh, 45 interns currently on your books and uh, as you said you've got 14 in the waiting list that's a lot of people to place in jobs uh, in the next couple of months and I understand that you are looking at having a round two what does it take to make that happen and how do you develop the uh, the list of organizations uh, that those people can intern with so the, the list of organisations that we've been approaching has been um, in the works for quite a number of months now. Um, uh, our uh, admin assistant in the project, Cheryl, who I believe was on this program uh, late last year, uh, Cheryl started developing a list of organisations that we started directly contacting. Um, and certainly from that, we've received quite a number of inquiries from people who are looking to host an intern. We've also had organisations that have approached us directly without any form of communication from us at all, which they're the ones that we're really, really excited to work with because they've heard about the project and they've picked up the phone and made a call and said, look, we want to work with you and host an intern. So once that happens, they really get handed over to the project officers who are working with the organisations to talk about the kinds of opportunities that they may have available and whether there's um, some, some fixed positions that they need uh, the project officer to find someone to very, to very specifically fit from a skills and experience perspective, um, or whether they're, they're having positions that they're prepared to create um, for the interns that we currently have that we're working with. And, and certainly we've had both of those um, different discussions with businesses. And then the project officers work with the interns and the businesses to negotiate what a placement with them might look like. Um, but it's not quite that simple. Um, part of the project is also making sure that the interns are job ready and not just for this opportunity, but also for ones going into the future. The interns uh, are sitting for interviews for roles when they're made available. And so that actual whole process of applying for a job, being selected for a job and being offered a job um, uh, you know, right from the beginning, right through to the end of that placement. So um, we are very hopeful that in the next uh, couple of weeks, our first, um, some of our interns will be actually offered positions with the organisations that they've been interviewing with. Um, and we can make those, those role connections happen. Uh, we are also working with um, a couple of organisations who are offering multiple positions for our interns, which is a really exciting prospect. We definitely want to work with more businesses um, and organisations and really 
The world's our oyster as far as that goes, Vaughan. We want to hear from any organisations who would be prepared to offer an intern. And, and I think really the, the kinds of organisations that are going to open up their hearts and opportunities to this to this kind of opportunity are ones that are already you know, thinking about a diverse workplace in their own strategic planning. So they're already they're already thinking about what that might look like and they're ready to take that next step and come on board with us as a project and offer up roles. And they can be anything from entry-level positions right up to graduate positions and offerings. They can be existing roles that they might have. As an example, uh, we're working with an organisation at the moment that are wanting to uh, interns to take on positions in their policy and advocacy area. And we have an intern with experience in that space. So we're prepared to talk to any organisation who's who's ready to um, you know, work with us. Um, and we'd, we'd be very excited to hear from them. Now, you mentioned that the project at the moment was uh, due to finish in October this year. That's uh, some six months away. I'm imagining that uh, you've got quite a lot happening in between times. What's coming up? Uh, yeah, we do. Thanks, Vaughan. In the next couple of months, we've got um, two expos coming up. We've got an expo in Sydney and uh, another one in Melbourne. These are disability expos where the Art of the Future project will be represented at those expos. Um, we have our first business roundtable via Zoom, which will showcase the project and hopefully entice more businesses to offer us internships. That's uh, taking place on the 21st of April. And we're continuing to work on the content uh, and lock in our guest speakers for our business symposium, which is a face-to-face -face event due to be held in August uh, in Sydney. And of course, we wish all of those prospective interns the best of luck with their careers. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia to find out more about the Eye to the Future project or anything else, contact 1800 033 660. 1800 033 660. Or of course, you can email bca at bca.org.au. bca at bca.org.au. To get in touch with me, new.horizons at bca.org.au is the email address, new.horizons at bca.org.au. Take care. In the meantime, I'll talk to you next week. We'll achieve the realisation of our dreams. Of our dreams.